special episode of Imagine Me and Utina. I'm Panda. I'm your host. And I'm here with my co-host, Alice. How you doing this morning, Alice? I'm a little groggy, but I'm going to make it. Alice and I hung out last night, and now we are driving back from where we were, and we're going to record a podcast while we're driving. How you feel about that, Alice? I feel that this is incredibly inventive. It appeals to my aesthetic of being needlessly meta. Today, we are talking about Revolutionary Girl Utena crossovers. We're going to basically talk about, this is going to be needlessly self-indulgent, and we're just going to talk about ways that we could cross over Utena with other universes that we like. So, would you like to start us off, or would you like me to go first? I feel like we're both going to start off with the same thing. Are we both going to start off with Neon Genesis Evangelion? Is there another anime that exists? You may not be wrong. Yeah, I definitely think an Evangelion crossover is good. And both ways, honestly, like the Evangelion characters in the Utena universe or the Utena characters in the Evangelion universe. But I kind of like the second one a little better. Obviously, uh, Utena is Shinji. And I guess that makes Gendo Akio? That's weird. Well... You're, you're, you're kind of missing a third option for crossovers. The true crossover is the crossover that can take material from one world and adapt it to the typology of another. Okay. Like where you have the story of Utena told through, not necessarily a one-for-one, just copy-paste characters, but, but the way it is told severely altered by the fact that we're doing it kind of like Evangelion. We've okay. added in, like, robots, but otherwise, like, not necessarily a one-for-one character thing. Interesting. Now, Ikihara and Ano yes. are friends. This is not surprising when you think about it for, like, literally half a second, because they have a lot of the same MO, where they, like, just do stuff, and then they grin about it and, like, make up bullshit to explain it later. Um, it, yeah, it, uh, if I remember correctly, as a gift to Ikuhara, Ano animated the sequence of Sailor's Uranus and Neptune transforming in the later seasons of Sailor Moon. Or he directed the animation, he didn't animate it. Aww. Yeah, as a gift to his, his good pal, Ikuhara, I guess. I don't know how good pals they are, I'm going to assume. I mean, I kind of assume that Ano is like just like a like a shut-in who never leaves his house and so like Ikihara is the only person he knows occasionally. I like to imagine them going on breakfast dates but for them a breakfast date happens at three in the morning and they're eating crappy diner food. I was about to say like Japanese Waffle House. Yeah whatever the Japanese equivalent of Waffle House would be if anybody knows what that is write in and tell us because I really want to know. Yeah is I'm there actually even like an equivalent? I probably not. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe it's like one of those little like ramen stands. But anyway, enough of, of Ikihara and, and Ano like trading messages, Dick Emily Dickinson style. This isn't the shipping episode. Um, that will yeah, but we're we're probably gonna talk we're not about gonna that talk again. about shipping real people. <coughs> That's my only rule. <laughs> nah, we're not gonna do that. But um, anyway, that's probably the the first big one. Do you have an, do you have another one? Do you think? I of? mean, obviously Sailor Moon because. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they fit so well together because they got a lot of similar themes. They got a lot of similar, like, you know, they're both very shoujo. And, I mean, obviously, because Ikuhara was the director for a lot of Sailor Moon, there's obviously going to be a lot of, like, similarities there. But I definitely like the idea of, like, 
the Utena world, but with like more magical girl elements because people classify Utena as a magical girl <laughs> anime. I don't know if it is or not. I feel like it. You're not wrong if you say it is, but you're also not wrong if you say it isn't. I feel like there's a lot of debate both ways, but seeing more magical girl elements, like more transformations and stuff, and more like actually like. I don't know, like, I guess the sword duels are kind of like fighting. I mean, it's certainly a close neighbor. If if there was maybe a little more, like, magic involved, like, if the swords did, like, magic attacks, too. Like, if Utena could have a sword that was on fire. Utena's magic is more like jumping really high. Yep. And being the best. That's also, those are two superpowers that Sailor Venus has. Hmm, I'm not sure I can say Sea Venus is the best, but we'll have that no, fight later. she might not be the best, but that is one of her powers, is being the best. <laughs> and also, she can jump really high, because she played volleyball. Yeah, true. And also, because she's a superhero. That's true. But enough about Sailor Moon. Another crossover idea. Hmm. If we want to go Magical Girl again, uh, Monica Magica. <laughs> I was actually about to say, yeah. I was about uh, to say we're, Madoka. We're, we're mind-melded. I was going to say Madoka, mostly because, like... I don't know, Imagine, like, like a weird choo-choo Hubei <clears throat> hybrid character. Do I have to imagine that? Yes. I don't want to. I just told you to, so by podcast law, you have to. You can't make me what to do. I'm the host, and you're the co-host. I thought we were both co-hosts. Shh, that doesn't work for my argument. Regardless, like, there's actually a lot of crossover there. Like, okay, so you have, they both have this sort of off and on again. Yubei's more like Akio, anyway. Yeah, he really is, actually, now you say that. Like, okay, you remember at the end of the first arc where, like, Utena has that blue screen of death for mm-hmm. a BSOD? Yeah. Over and over again, you have, in, in this arc, in the second arc especially, you have this sort of, like, r- refrain of despair. And, I mean, literally, Madoka is, like, 100% about that all the time. Yeah. And there's a lot of thematic things that, that fit there, that, that work. Like, the whole um, figuring out who you are, the whole um, not feeling like you're quite good enough, being repeated over and over again. Like, and that especially, like, we get that from a lot of characters in Utah. You get it from Wakaba. We get it from, yeah. like, most of the people who are in the Duelist and the Black Rose. Oh, what would Wakaba's Monica wish be? I don't want to think about it because it would be sad. I know! I made myself sad! Anyway, um, okay, I guess it's my turn. Yuri on Ice. I haven't seen it, but, uh, Utena characters ice skating would be really great. Yeah. They've got all, they've already got like choreography and stuff with like their (gasps) ice skating with swords. That sounds like a really dangerous and terrible idea. They already have swords on their feet. Why not put them in their hands? That's just, that sounds like death. I mean, they don't have to be real swords. They could be fake swords. It could be cool. I mean, they're real swords because it's anime. But if I'm talking about now, I'm proposing a real life idea that we invent called (laughs) sword fighting ice skating. That's not a good name. I'll have to come up with another one. We can workshop it. Well, we can workshop it. (laughs) But I think that choreographed 
sword fighting on ice would be very cool. Imagine Utena on ice. That's Uta basically on it. Ice would be an experience. I'm not sure what kind of experience, but it would definitely be an experience. I mean, it, it would probably be better than the um, than the play ver- the musical version we saw. <laughs> Only if it doesn't include jury thirsting after Toga. Oh, I have bad news for you. Uh, I know it's in the manga. You don't have to tell me. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about Shock, that. Shock Eye Pierce already told us that. I wasn't even thinking about that. That's even worse. Do you know there is a... This is off topic for a sec. Do you know that there is a movie manga, like a manga adaptation yeah. of the movie? Yeah, and apparently That it's... is such an interesting concept <sighs> to me. I hear that it, like, makes it more straightforward, which is interesting because absolutely nothing about the movie is straightforward. If you think that the yeah. series is confusing and metaphorical and, like full of like symbolism that has to be deconstructed in order to understand what's going on the movie is that like times 200 are we talking like end of evangelion levels of actually uh it, there in it has been uh it is not uncommon for people in the utana <laughs> fandom to refer to adolescence of utana as end of utana so um you know. Only thing I know about the movie manga is apparently the manga, like, in general, the manga is actually more violent. I feel like I've heard that, yeah. Like, if you notice, like, no one, like, really gets hurt in almost any of the duels. And when they do, it's a, it's an evil ploy. Yeah. Like, no, like, people get hurt quite a bit in, 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 in the manga. Like Interesting. No, I mean, not, like, all the time. I but. mean, still, like, it's interesting that the violence is much more... Graphic? Yeah, like, I mean, okay, do you remember when, at the end of the first arc, when, um, Utena is dueling, and, like, her, um, did she, in, in the, in the series, is she wearing her, the female suit uniform, or? She only wears the girl's uniform in the one episode where she has, like, the... Yeah, but she, does she wear, of. does she wear it to duel, she doesn't wear it to duel, though, right? No. Okay, in the manga, she does. What? What? In the manga, at that point, she does. That one time. Oh, yeah. Doesn't she, like, receive her dueling uniform or something? Yeah, she, she, gets, a, she gets a new uniform to duel in. I heard about that. Yeah. That's um, weird. But, yeah, but, like, in the manga, like, she loses it. Like, as in, it is literally partially, like, not quite as bad as it could be, but it's is partially cut off from her. Because that's when she realizes that, like, the whole avenue of her realizing, oh my god, this he's using a real fucking sword, is the fact that, like, she, is, she actually gets, like, hurt. I think I recall in the first episode that she realizes he's using a real sword when he, like, cuts her uniform, but, mm-hmm. like, he only, like... I think it's like a just like a. It's a, it's 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 barrel. It doesn't even like break. I don't even know if it breaks the skin. Maybe yeah. it does a little bit, but like for the most part, it's mostly just the tearing of the uniform. Yeah. Whereas in like the, in the manga, like there's gonna be blood. Except like with, it doesn't remind you of oil fields. I guess there will be blood. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> Back to crossovers. Let's see what else we could do. You know what Yuta needs needs. What? They need to be space pirates. And you know, I only know of one anime that's about a space pirate. 
Space Pirate Pito! Space Pirate Another Pito. anime with weird ideas about gender. And also just weird and from the 90s in general. Hey, okay, sidebar, everybody watch an episode of Space Pirate Mito. You only need to watch one. It's weird, but I love it. And if you like kind of corny 90s anime, it even has a dub and... The dub's the, not that bad. Yeah, the dub's not that bad. The voice actress for Shiori is the main character. She's Mito. Uh, and it's just, it's a good time. It's kind of a weird time sometimes, but it's a good time. <gasps> just, like, imagine Utena in space. Like, imagine all of the... There is a, there is an anime called Bodacious Space Pirates, and I do believe that the main character has long pink hair. I would have to, or maybe she has long red hair. I don't remember. I'd have to look that up. Is this sort of like a Studio Quamp thing where it's, like, not Utena, but it's totally Utena? I only watched one episode, and I didn't like it as much as I thought I would, but maybe I'd have to watch it again. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't paying enough attention the first time, because I've heard it highly reviewed, but uh, I I don't know. I thought it was kind of eh, but I like it in concept. Oh, I think it might be Bodacious Lesbian Space Pirates. Um, Is it actually called that? I don't know. It may just be Bodacious Space Pirates. I really can't remember, but I do know that there is gay in it, so... Well, yes, I took that... As soon as you said that you watched it, I kind of took it as like a assumption. Just assumed. Yeah, I just assumed. Look, if there's not gay in it, I'm going to put the gay in it. <laughs> I've got uh, rainbow tinted glasses, and I intend to view all my media through them. Okay. Do you have one? Because I have one. Yeah, go. Go for it. Have you ever watched Dot .hack? I read a manga version of a dot hack series but i never watched any of the anime i'm familiar with the concept imagine utsuna but like with the added thing of instead of it being a tori it is a virtual world like utsuna has discovered it is anthe like you have all kinds of mystery is anthe a real person or not is Anthea a person or an NPC? They treat her like she's one, but 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 Utena believes that she's a real person. This is what Sword Art Online should have been. It could have been one Sorry, day. Sorry, I take I I take every moment to dunk on Sword Art Online because Alice likes Sword Art Online. I like. I apologize it. to the Sword Art Online fans, except I do hate the anime. But it's 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 like. I don't know. I can't really defend myself. It is a totally undef- indefensible t- position. It's, it has it a lot of good concepts, but I just thought that the execution of those concepts was not good. No. And I will eternally be mad about a series that has an opening sequence that features an ensemble cast, and then you only see most of those characters for one episode at a time. Except for Kirito, the most insufferable of them. <laughs> It, yeah, it's pretty indefensible, but I'm always going to love Gun Gale for the rest of forever. <laughs> um, but... But yeah, back to Dot Hack. I really like this idea. I, as soon as you said, is Anthony an NPC or not, that, I, I love it. That is the best, and I wish somebody would write that AU, because the, the whole purpose of this episode is for us to spitball ideas and then not have to write them. So someone else do it for me. You know, you know what I just realized. Tell me. And this is slightly off topic, but not entirely. 
But I told you about the man who was Thursday, right? Yes. All right, for those who are listening, The Man Who Is Thursday is a novel by G.K. Chesterton, who I love and who is also the best. Um, and it's about a secret policeman at the turn of the century who um, infiltrates an insidious anarchist plot and gets elected to their supreme council where everyone is like a day of the week only to discover that like everyone in the council is also secret policemen all terrified of each other and it's really surreal but I realized the other day that in a lot of ways like Utena feels like what reading Man Who Was Thursday feels like this sort of like where you have someone behind the scenes you have into the world manipulating things but you never actually see him manipulate them they just things are too perfect like, like, you just get the letters. Where do the letters come from? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense, and yet he's done it. You get, like, you get the appearance of the Makage seminar. It doesn't make any sense. It's still kind of confusing, even though the arc is done. And it just happens by just sheer force of will. And it's this mysterious... It's a character who's also, like, with, with uh, End of the World, it's a character who is also sort of a force of nature. I just thought about that. I like the idea of a version of that with the student council, kind of, somehow. Yeah. Like, where they all get, uh, where, no, just where they all, like, get into the situation and they all think, like, the others are all in on the plan and then they realize none of them are in on the plan. Yeah, actually, like, I mean, they're they're all duped. They have all been duped. That is kind of what the student council is a little bit, like... They all assume, well, they don't necessarily assume that each other knows more than they say, but, like, they definitely don't all trust each other, and probably, like, with good reason, because they're all out for their own motives. But, yeah, I, yeah, I love that. I remember I was going to write a story once as a gift for a friend, where I was going to do, um, oh gosh, what was it going to be? It was, if I remember correctly, I think it was Twilight Sparkle as Utena and Rarity as Anthe. God, that's the most you thing I've ever heard in my yeah. life. I might still actually do it as a joke for her, the friend who I was originally going to write it for, but I don't know. Hmm. I'm trying to think of, of any good ones, because like, the thing about a crossover... And probably should have, I probably should have said this at first, is that the, a good crossover is one that acknowledges like something shared between two things. Like, Not necessarily. You don't sometimes think so? It's, sometimes it's fun just to mash things together. Oh randomly. well, yeah. I mean, it's sometimes fun to just to mash things randomly. But yes. like, hmm. Trying to think of any other ones. I had an idea briefly, and then I just lost it, and I'm very upset about it. Oh. <laughs> And now I remember because it was stupid. Uh, Utena is Batman. She's not? And I mean, your parents are dead. <laughs> yeah, that, that's basic. That was my only... Oh my that, was literally, that was literally my only justification is that both their parents are dead. That's the worst thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> that's almost as bad. That's almost as bad as saying that, that God's mean is pop punk. Oh. <laughs> My name is Utena. My parents are dead. Now I'm a prince. A bats. I mean... She only wears, like, a... She wears Sayoji the same... Sayoji does uni- have green hair. Oh, God. She always... She, like, wears the same uniform, but, like, 
it's black for being bat now. And now and she, she has a cowl. She has a, like a cowl. She has a cowl, but her glorious pink hair is still flowing under from underneath it. <laughs> it's not really a cowl. It's more like just like a little like like a hat thing that just comes down over her face. And she's just. I have like this image of like okay, you know the Studio Ghibli um like girl characters mad so her hair goes crazy thing. Yes. I just like have images of that now in my head. <laughs> this hair underneath the cowl, like just becoming a looping <laughs> up. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, imagine if Utano was a like a Ghibli movie. That'd be nice. That'd be old. I don't know, like. It could be wholesome. Yeah, it would be, it'd probably be a lot more wholesome. Yeah, it would be, actually. It would also be, like... <clears throat> I just want my babies to be happy. The thing about Ghibli, though, is that Ghibli tends to deal more with the concrete. Yeah. Um, and, and Which people are going to be like, wait a minute, all their movies were fantasy, basically. I'm like, yeah, but concrete is in, like, physical. Yeah. Um, which is not to say that they ignore the things, things that aren't physical. It's more that they just don't, like... They don't do quite as much delving into the psyche as um, Utsuno kind of does within literally the first two episodes. Yeah. It'd probably be a lot more violent, a lot more gory, actually. Maybe seen Nas, not Nasuka. Um, gosh, what's her name? Which one? It's the one with the wolf girl. Oh, uh, Princess Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. I mean, like, Princess Mononoke is ridiculously gory. Yeah? Uh, I love Princess Mononoke. That was one of my first Ghibli movies. Technically, my first Ghibli movie was Kiki's Delivery Service, but it was when I was a kid, and you don't know what anime is, and you watch a cartoon movie. It was my first. I love Kiki. Kiki is as good. I rewatched it the other night. It's very good. You ever realize that Tombo looks just like Griffin McElroy? But not sending you the picture where all three of the McElroy boys are in that car. I just want to do. I want somebody to pay me so that I can pay Griffin McElroy to redub Kiki's Delivery Service. And we keep the English dub the whole, all the same <clears throat> with like uh, like Kirsten Dunst who played yeah. uh, Kiki. Keep everything else the same, but Griffin McElroy's Tombo, please. That would be pretty great. Please. Somebody, please. Some producer out there. Nobody's listening to our podcast. I'm listening. Well, yeah. At least we're listening. Okay. Next idea. Mm, you have one? What if... This isn't, like, a specific crossover, but have you ever seen, like, those horse girl shows? Like, the shows about, like, girls that ride horses? No, but I'm understanding the concept. Oh, yeah, that's like a, a subset of, like, entertainment for girls is stuff about horses or girls that ride horses. I, ex- I experienced the early thousands um, horse girl phenomenon from a distance. Yeah. There, like, one experience is a hurricane from, like, um, Arkansas. There are several shows that are about, like, girls that own and ride horses and stuff. And just imagine if that were instead like they rode horses and they like had horse races instead of duels you know or actually jousted. actually okay <laughs> i'm sorry i got off track there uh that, that's the whole okay well, we can get into well hey it's we in, can it, get into medieval fantasy tonight in a minute but say uh, it's in it's in the um it's in the intro 
Yeah, I hear I heard that that was an abandoned concept that was going to be in the anime, but then they didn't, and it makes me mad that it's there because it's really cool, and I wish that I could see them riding horses and wearing armor. Anyways, we'll get to that. We'll like, talk well, about what, 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 Okay, could you, with this horse riding thing, would they like? I have this image of them like they're still at a Tory, but now I like said the, the student council is also all on the equestrian team. Yeah, they they're not the student council; they're the the, the equestrian team of this like this the snobby rich. It, University, yeah, yeah it's uh, like a, high school town. It's a, uh, it's a, a snooty private school. And like, I they have I a mean, ranch on grounds where you can keep your horses. You could do the basically all almost the same thing. Yeah. Except it would be like slightly weirder because now you have horses and it would it would be nuts or it's I don't know. And then all of them would attack Naname at all times. How would we get anything done? <laughs> oh God, it's like she wouldn't. Naname be able- wouldn't have a horse. She would have some other like. She would have a cow. Naname would have a cow. She has ridden the cow worm. It's, it writes itself, Alice. Because that's Hatterack. This writes Cows. itself. She's just like, and no one knows where she found the cow. Like, no one knows how this happened. She just like, she comes out of the wilderness just, one day with this. She just brought a fucking cow and put it in the stable and there's a cow now. It's, it's ironically the fastest one impossible to control but like it could go anywhere and be anywhere oh man yeah okay now on to medieval fantasy Utena uh Utena in a knight uniform yes that's good yes it's very good like there's so much you could do there like I mean just by itself the joust would have been perfect like in a lot of ways I I can understand why that was a concept at one point because it's pretty perfect it also it fits in with the trope of the whole rose bride game yeah with the whole fair ladies favor or whatever and all that like i mean it, there, there's a lot of tropes there um the only problem would be that a joust, like from just a purely dramatic standpoint that a joust is like pretty much a straightforward like one or two time thing so it's probably why they didn't do it but yeah i mean i don't know what their intention was with the like having the horses and the armor and stuff. I don't know if they were actually gonna be jousting or if they just had those. Uh, what are they called? The things that you joust with. Uh, lances. Yes. Or if they just had those lances for some other purpose. I don't know if they were actually gonna be jousting. I just wanted to see them in armor because it looked cool. Now what I I could see is like you could, you could keep the structure like you get rid of Otori as a, the school. You keep that structure of the Rose Pride game as sort of, like, I could see it as being kind of a, okay, have you seen A Knight's Tale? I have heard of A Knight's Tale. You, A Knight's Tale, Utena. Like, she's a, she's an outsider. She may or may not be an actual, yeah, it's cute legend and all. Um, she may or may not actually even be a knight. You know, you could do that whole, or, or whatever this kingdom has. You have the whole, like. She's accidentally inserted herself into this circle, into this game that's going on in the in this upper echelons of power and money. And, well, they can't kick her out because then they'll look like cowards to each other. So she just has to beat it now. Like, they settle with, with like, ostensibly they would settle it with, like, with joust and part of something. But, like, of course they're not going to do that because nobody's going to, like, wager something that they actually care on at tilting at horses. 
So they like, I mean, you, you, like, I feel like you, you could do a lot there. I feel like it would, it would probably feel a lot more like uh, Rose of Versailles, though. Well, Rose of Versailles was a huge influence on Utena, so that would make sense. I have been instructed by a friend of mine to watch it, but I have not yet. But I hear it's good. I've only seen like an episode or two. Yeah, I I heard that it was a big influence on uh, Chiho Saito's uh, work for Utena. Also, I would like to issue a little bit of a corrections department. I can't really find a source for this, but the TV Tropes page of Utena says that uh, Chiho Saito has taken back her previous uh, homophobic sentiments regarding Utena and Anthe and whatnot, and has said that readers should treat the, the two like a married couple. So if this is true, then, you know, I'm sorry for saying that in a previous episode that she hadn't taken it back. I couldn't find, like, I tried to look for, like, a concrete source, but I mean, you know. Now that you say that, I've, I've read something where it was, it was uh, where about that and being sort of a... If you can find me a link or something. I'll have to find you, I'll have to look again, because, like, I've, I know that I've read something about that. Yeah. I, I delved headfirst into the Utena TV Tropes page, listeners, the other day after we finished recording, and I learned a lot of things. Uh, I learned that the one of the original concepts for the duels, they were going to have guns instead of swords. That's interesting. But they changed it for uh, reasons. It had to do with, like the Japanese media reporting on American gun deaths or something, and so uh, they decided to go with swords instead of guns. But that would be kind of cool if they had had guns. Uh, It makes me think of, even though it's not really that related, it makes me think of... Are you familiar with any of the Persona games at all? Yes. Okay, it makes me think of the one Persona game. Was it Persona 3 where they have the guns? I think it's 4. It's either 3 or 4. No, it's not 4. It might be 3 Because then. 4 is the one that my friend Zane likes, and it has his waifu in it. So I know it's not that one. Well, I mean, he likes all the games, but he likes 4. Yeah. Or maybe it's not 4 that she's in. But anyway, I'm pretty sure it's 3, because I know that Zane told me to play Persona 4 but that I was probably going to get recommended Persona 3 because people like Persona 3 because it's edgy, because it has the guns. Yeah, what if they had to, like, shoot themselves before they dueled or something and then they'd, like, fight in the Shadow Realm or something? <laughs> fight in the Shadow Realm? I don't know how Persona works. It, it appears that they, like... <laughs> I mean, kind of. It appears that they activate their Persona or some shit and then they fight in, like, an alternate version of whatever's going on. That's all I've gathered from not listening to my friends talk about Persona. So, I mean, you know. I'm, a, I'm guessing, like, guns, I'm guessing that they would use, like, like they could use those old school flintlocks. I was literally thinking about, like, like really old guns. I was, think, I was, I was thinking that, too. What if they were cowboys? What if everything is the same, but except it's got a western aesthetic and they're cowboys? Oh, don't do this to me. And Utena is a cowboy. Don't do this to me, because I'm like, I'll make it happen. Oh, this is too cute. And Anthe's maybe like a barmaid. Oh, my God. God, it could, it like, but <laughs> yes, but no, this but is, yes. This is, the, 
I can't believe it, but I thought that the Batman thing was going to be the dumbest thing I said on this episode. But no, no, it was definitely the dumbest, because this is great. <laughs> gunslinging, Anthony, gunslinging, it's another cowboy was pretty great. I like it. There's only room for one prince around these parts. <laughs> this is so good. This is like, the, the, the Batman thing was, was dumb, but this is like Con Air version of dumb where it's so bad and then like it it wraps around and becomes good again you make an inordinate number of references to Con Air in our conversations Con Air is one of the most important movies that was ever made because it codified a unique phenomenon where a a piece of media can be so bad that it warps reality itself and forces you to like it like Jupiter Ascending. Yes, exactly. Because Jupiter Ascending is so bad, it literally go to the fucking space DMV that it's good again. Or like Army, uh, like or, or Evil Dead Three, Army of Darkness. Or you shut your mouth. There's nothing bad about Army of Darkness. This is my boomstick. Army of Darkness is is purely a good movie, and I refuse to believe that it is a bad movie that became good. Listeners, this just proves my point. That the power of the Con Air effect is so strong that it erases our goodwill and our and our and our personalities for a moment, like overrides you like glow, glow cloud style, and now you can always say that movie is good. Mm. It's what just happened. You you witnessed it. All we, hail. All hail. We went to see Night Vale live last night. And that's what we did. Cecil Baldwin's head is very shiny, and also he has a mustache. If you didn't know, because I didn't know, and it really threw me for a loop. He was wearing a black and white checkered suit and it was very good when I saw that suit all I could think about was like I bet this is like a Twin Peaks thing no if it were Twin Peaks they would be zigzag lines all I know is that there are rooms yeah lodges maybe you should watch more Twin Peaks Alice so we can talk about it Alice (laughs) it's like I don't know it's 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 sad and everyone is sad and or dead and all, or, or crazy, or they're Dale. Well, that might be true. Or they're like the person Dale's talking to who may or may not exist. Diane exists. She is in Twin Peaks The Return. She's been in like three episodes. No. She says fuck you to everybody. It's great. No. She has, you know, like the, uh, the <gasps> chick from uh, Atomic Blonde, that like short blonde wig that she's got on, uh, Diane from Twin Peaks wears that same wig in Twin Peaks The Return. Okay. I have an idea. Yes. you also seen Ghost in the Shell. Yes. Anthony is AI. Hmm. And Utsuna is... I'm really going Shadowrun here. Utsuna is a Shadowrunner. Utsuna is outside of like basically like a shadow runner in, in Shadowrun games is a something something yeah, between a, something is between me. a mercenary and a uh, adventurer for hire mm-hmm. shadow runner will do everything from co- corporate espionage to clearing out zombies in your um, backyard um, is magic and cyberpunk and it is kind of ridiculous frankly but like, the thing about that that's leads me to it is Anthony Anthony's AI is that like 
in, especially in the beginning, but also intermittently throughout, Anthony just comes across as incredibly inhuman. And not in a I'm evil way, but in a sort of like cold and distant, and this is an alien, sort of an almost alien way. Partially that's the way that she's animated. Um, well, yeah, but it's done on purpose. She's Right. I mean, we can kind of infer that she's like probably been traumatized by things that have happened in her life. Yeah. And we can And this is her uh way of coping kind of. Yeah, like it, it, that gets more complicated as we get later in the series. Uh but I don't want to talk about that now cuz spoilers. Like in the in the context of Utena as, as I know it, like it's obvious that, that to me anyway that that's sort of like at least mostly trauma-based. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about it is that, like, it also kind of feels like the same way if I were going to write a computer that is learning to be a person, that's how I would write it. Okay, offshoot idea. Halo crossover. Anthea's Fucking Cor- Cortana. Cortana. We, it is too soon. Don't talk about Cortana. I don't know anything about Halo. I'm sorry. God, like, Cortana was there for you when no one else was. I like Cortana. She's cute. Cortana was the best. I played those games as a kid, and I loved Cortana. And then and I then, played about five minutes of Halo 2 one time. I'm was, not very good at pew-pew games. She was always there for you with her snark, and also she was the only one who cared about you. It was just tragic. I'm sad about it. God damn it. Whatever that name of that other studio is that took over for Bungie when Bungie said fuck it. Have you seen... This is also off topic. Have you seen the... They did those animated shorts set in the Halo universe? Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, that was pretty good. I haven't played any of the games, but I dated a guy who liked Halo, so we ended up watching that. That was pretty good. But yeah, Utena is Master Chief. Yeah, I can see it. Tell me about that. I don't know anything about Halo. Hmm. You would have to bend one one to the other, but the the one connection between them is interesting to me. It's a little bit of a reach, but Utena is kind of like not trying to be something, but sort of like she is aspiring to be something. She is not princely, but she is aspiring to be princely. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about in the, where I blabbered on about Kierkegaard for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, that the Which whole, was a great episode that people really liked. There's this quote, I think it's an either or, where um, he's talking about, a man says in his heart, I will be Caesar or nothing, and then he's not Caesar, so therefore he is nothing. Yes. And that's kind of, I mean, I, I still think that's, uh, that's very relevant to Utana, and like, Master Chief is made into something by other people. Yeah. He is, he was literally kidnapped as a small, small child, mm-hmm. raised with a number designation. I mean, he was John 114, mm-hmm. but they took his last name. Um, and he is made to have and, and to be as much of an, in, an instrument as possible. At the beginning of the game, that's all he is. Mm-hmm. And by, three and four like he he has become something else he has become something he wanted to be in a to an extent like he has become a person and that's kind of how it kind of reminds me how Utena is like kind of becoming a prince by doing 
what she assumes a prince must do. Yeah. That's neat. I can get behind that. I'm trying to think of another crossover. You know Jupiter Ascending. Jupiter Ascending. Sure. Okay, let's go with this. How how do we cross over Jupiter Ascending? I just really want Utena to be a space werewolf. That's just all I want. Yeah, okay. I'm behind. I'm, I'm on this. I'm definitely on this. Yep. Amphi is a maid on Earth who doesn't know she has a super destiny. And Utena, the space werewolf on rocket skates comes and saves her and uh well what I don't what even what even was his purpose was he just supposed to like in the movie wasn't Channing Tatum just supposed to like bring her back to her family or something yeah. I don't even remember I think like, he was just supposed I think he was the just plot of to... Jupiter ascending is the least important part of it I think he was just bringing it back to her family yeah so, like, okay Anthony I mean Uthana is bringing Anthony back to Otori. Otori to Lord Space Otori. Space Otori. And Otori's like, a planet now. And at every st- at every step she's almost thwarted by by all these various other people trying to do the same thing. But really they want the reward so that they can do all their various things. I just had a thought about how all of this works too, but then it's a spoiler so I can't say it. And I'm upset about it now. You hear that? You hear that? She, she's just cutting me off here. Yep. Sorry. That's okay, because I can still, like, dangle tiny bits of Yurikuma in front of you. That's true. It's vengeance. But yeah, there are other parts of, like, the motivations behind the bad guys in... Or not necessarily the motivations, but, like, stuff about the bad guys in Jupiter Ascending that technically crosses over with the bad guys in Utena but in a way that I don't want to reveal because I don't want to spoil that for you yet. But it's good. And if anyone wants to talk to me about that, you can hit me up on Twitter. And we can talk about Jupiter Ascending. Please talk to me about Jupiter Ascending. I love Jupiter Ascending. It's a good movie. Everyone should watch it. It's a hot mess. (laughs) Okay. Next crossover idea. Gosh, we've covered a lot of genres. Um... You know, you know, it might be cool, at least as a partial part concept, but probably would never work. Hmm. A noir version of Utana. Okay, I the, like this. Utana is Utana is a detective, thirties, trying to make her way in the world. People don't, of course, like you could even you could even factor in the fact that Utana wears um, a boy a boy's uniform in this because it's something people assume that detectives are going to be men and she's like just there oh, she's she got like the trench she's got like the coat she's and got like the, she's, the, she's, tri- the trilby or the fedora or whichever one and she's just like yeah she, she were not only does she not what they expect but i mean if they were to even think about what a lady detective would look like they're not going to think what she looks like you could even you could bring that that, that would cross over pretty perfectly seonji contacts her to find, or no, not Seonji, um, somebody, maybe Akio, contacts Utena to find his missing sister, 
and then finds out that Anthe has been kind of kidnapped and is being forced to take part in something. No, 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 no. Okay. But, like, Utena's a detective, and she's trying to get to the bottom of it. Wakaba is being blackmailed. Interesting. Okay. She hires Anthe, I mean, Utena, her old friend, to find out who is trying to expose her abortive affair with a shadowy individual known as Seoji, who may or may not be a mafioso. That's where it begins. Because that way you get into where Utena stumbles into the Rosebride game. And in yes. this it could look like it, it is it's sort of that mafia turf war except that Anthe is complicit in it. And Anthe is like, somehow they have decided that like, to avoid because if they just fight each other, everybody's gonna die. Yeah. So instead they figure like, it's all within the same family and they can't decide who's gonna be in charge. So they figure that Anthe becomes this sort of passive kingmaker. Which is kind of what is exactly what happens at the beginning in the first arc is Anthe is kind of the passive kingmaker. Yeah? Like, Le- yeah, actually, that is that is sort of Anthe's function as far as the games go. And that, like, she doesn't actually... Well, she doesn't seem to exert any agency except to pass the... transfer the crown, as it were. Yeah. Transfer the sword of Dios. Sword of Dios. I still want to know what's up with the sword of Dios. We will find out all about Dios. I assume it's going to suck. I mean... Well, as, as long as as long as he's not Mr. Fucking Licky Licks. <laughs> Was that in the the manga that you read? That that's not how they translated it, in in the manga that I read. But what, like, how did they translate it in the manga that you read? I think it was just Mr. Licks or something. It was like, it that's was still weird. It was dumb, but it was not nearly as bad as Mr. Licky Licks. Cause that's the worst fucking translation I've ever seen <laughs> or the best. I'm not sure. I, I blame that on Jessica. It's not her fault, but I blame her for bringing that to our existence, to our knowledge. Mr. Licky Licks is real. Didn't, um, didn't shock I pierce on Twitter, uh, uh, corroborate that uh, account that that was a translation. I don't remember. I know you're listening. Tell me if you did that or not. I think I think I think Shakai found that panel. Maybe that might have been it. I think so. Of course, I have also have that panel now, but it does not have that translation. <laughs> yeah, I have like zero memory, and as soon as we finish each episode of the podcast, I have no idea what happened. So I just put it out of my mind so that I can do the next week's. I always remember. So if you ever wonder if I'm repeating... Well, that's because you go back and listen to the the full episode after I post it. Yes. If you ever wonder if I'm repeating a goof, I am. <laughs> I'm pay, making sure you're paying attention. There will be a quiz. I feel like there's another really good idea here. Oh, I had one while you were talking about the Detective AU. Utana as a D&D game. I figure that's, you know, kind of a classic uh, AU, but... I do in general, like, I, I generally enjoy the idea of, like, movies and shows explained as a, as a D&D campaign. I understand that, like, the plot of Utena doesn't necessarily make sense as a campaign. I'm saying let's 
make things about it more like a campaign. Like make like put in some more like classical fantasy elements. Maybe give everybody like an actual like like fantasy class. You know, embellish upon it and make it something that actually could fit more into a D and D. I'm campaign. actually I'm really I'm I'm stuck on this idea that like you know I think I could see it as a campaign if it were a somewhere between one and three people. Like, it is possible to do a two-person, like a DM and a, and a player campaign. Utsuna would fit, per, they would fit perfectly as a one-person solo campaign. Like, I could almost imagine someone running Utsuna's player through this campaign as an introduction. And then maybe introduce other characters in the second arc? Like introduce other players in the second arc. Yeah, and and like and and like branch out from there. Like, I could kind of see that. Okay, but what would Utena's class and Paladin? Well, okay. Uh, <laughs> what about uh, what's the word? You know what I'm talking about? I was about to say orientation. <laughs> um, alignment. Yes, alignment. There we go. <laughs> see, I kept thinking orientation too, and lovely, I'm like, no, we know that it's gay, but. Lawful queer. Lawful queer. I need to make an alignment <laughs> chart for the. I've seen several. Yeah, or I need to find one and then. Um, that's a good I'm question. Chaotic neutral. Chaotic neutral. I I would say that Utana is neutral good. Because Utana doesn't necessarily have this overwhelming respect for laws and rules. Almost the opposite. But she also, at the same point, doesn't go out of her way to just like. She doesn't seem to have the this idea that, like, rules are made to be broken. She yeah. just breaks them because, like, she thinks they're dumb. She breaks them because she thinks it's, like, the right thing to do. But she, like, still goes to class and, you know, she's, you know she seems to be a mostly a good student. Like, when she complains about getting bad grades, like, she specifically says that, like, she's been so caught up in um, the, the dueling game. that she's getting bad grades. And, that, and kind of implying that generally she's been a model student. Or at least a pretty decent one. So, like, she's not super one way or the other. Like, they kind of balance out a bit. I would have to say neutral good or chaotic good. Yeah, I definitely would say neutral good because I don't know if I necessarily would put her as chaotic good. Yeah. Because she, she also has I some of their, like, with the fact that she, like, the whole prince thing and holding herself up to these very stringent standards of... They're very much aligned with um, kind of very traditionalist kind of power structures. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's not chaotic. Okay, Anthe is obviously. What do you say? I would well for alignment or for class or both. Class first. Okay, um, definitely a cleric. Really? Uh, that, I mean, you know, I don't know as much about D and D as you, so that was my uh, that was my go-to. But you may have another option. But more importantly, she is lawful neutral. I was gonna say lawful neutral too. Because I mean, like <clears throat> that's kind of obvious. The rules are unbreakable. Well, until maybe later. Well, yeah, maybe until later. But as far but as for I now, know, definitely she is. She has been lawful neutral like to a fault almost. I was gonna say for class for Anthe would be a sorcerer. Oh, you don't know how right that is. Because. 
Well, I just saw the last episode where it is heavily implied that Anthony can like either shapeshift or use fucking illusion magic. So, and also, like the thing about okay, the thing about sorcerers in D and D, as a short side note, is that sorcerers don't study to get their power. It is born within them. They just like because of who they are. Mm-hmm. Either they're a great, great, grand, whatever. Like did it with the demon, and now all everyone has like this demonic heritage or whatever it is. Sorcerers have this sort of like innate power, and as they get power more powerful, they begin to reflect it more. Like draconic sorcerers will be more dragony as they get more powerful. And I say sorcerer for her because a, well, we've seen her grades, so she's not a wizard. Um, B, because she gives off this, sorcerers tend to give off a somewhat, like, off-color vibe, and she always seems to be slightly out of step. Yes. And in a way that, to the point... I just say cleric, because I imagine her in, like, cute little cleric robes. Well, yeah, if I'm going for, like, what I would like her to be, definitely. But anyway, yeah, no, sorcerers definitely is... (laughs) And like, also because sorcerers get weird, and I'm assuming that she's going to, like, get weird. What do you mean by get weird? I don't know. Like, I just, I'm just, like, expecting her to go, like, all, like, Tetsuo on me and become, like, a witch of darkness or something. I mean, she's already had some questionable moments. I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the inevitable, like, everyone is actually, like, the monsters. I don't know. That is sort of a part of Utsuna is that everybody's a monster. Except Utsuna. Well, yeah, but Utena has her own flaws, too. Even if she's not a monster, like, in her own way, sometimes she does project <clears throat> her wants and desires onto Anthe, yeah. like other people do. And, I mean, usually the difference is kind of that Utena's desires for Anthe are for her freedom and for her independence, but she doesn't realize that at the same time, by doing that, she is still also kind of playing into this controlling yeah. of Anthe. Her and Mickey's projection onto Anthe is understandable and would be wholesome if it weren't also mildly unhealthy. Mickey. Mickey, class and alignment. Okay. This is your territory. This is your husbando. Mickey's a wizard, y'all. I'm down, yeah. Mickey is hyper-intelligent. I'm Mickey from TV. (laughs) That doesn't work at all, but I really wanted to say it, so there we go. He's hyper-intelligent. Wizards get their magic through study. Mm -hmm. Um, He is very much... I mean, he's a nerd, you guys. He's 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 he's, a super nerd. I mean, the only thing keeping him from being the most nerd ever is that Jury like makes him be active. Guys, real quick, I learned on the TV Tropes page that Sailor Mercury and Mickey have the same Japanese voice actress. And suddenly everything makes way more sense. I mean, they're like the same character, except... Blue hair! Not, but they're very similar, and they have similar functions in the story, I think. They have a similar personality, too. With, yeah, yeah. Um, let me think. Jury would be... I'll come back to Jury. Seonji's a barbarian both in the fact that he is literally a barbarian and also that he that would be his class. Uh all rage all the time. What about uh what about alignment? Uh chaotic evil. Chaotic evil because Sionji is just as willing to break the rules to 
have his own will to power as he is to follow them. He doesn't really care about the structures. He doesn't. He only works within them because they're there, and it take more energy to destroy them. Like, but as soon as he's not within them, he's just trying to. Like, he's. It doesn't really stop him. Like, there are no real rules for Samji. Everyone else has rules. Samji doesn't have rules. He just Would like. Jury be a rogue. Oh, that's a good question. Jury's a rogue. Uh... Again, I don't know as much about D and D as you, so you know. I defer to your knowledge here, but that was an idea that I just had. You know, actually, that's good, because rogues have several archetypes. Um, one of the rogue archetypes is the fencer, and that's literally what she is. As literally. well as, I mean, she's, like, her fighting style is fast, she's all about speed, but on top of that, as a character, she's also all about, like, the rogue is all about, um winning fast and winning ruthlessly. Mm-hmm. You just literally stab people in the back. Not because you're a coward, but because it works. Jury is going to win, and she's going to win ruthlessly because that's what she does. It's not because... She, she She's ruthless not from a lack of some default of character, but because it works. And if it didn't work, she wouldn't be that way. Um, yeah. Whereas Seonji is just savage because he's a, a savage. Well, he's savage because he's had to live a life of competing with Toga, who he wants to think is his best friend, but who is just using him and manipulating him, and Toga's so terrible. What would Toga be? Good question. What's something garbage? (laughs) (laughs) Toga is all about control. Toga's plans. Toga. Something with magic? Probably. I'm tempted to say that Toga's a paladin. Interesting. He's an anti-paladin. Okay. Because paladins are principled. Generally, this is the idea. They have rules. Like a fallen paladin. Yeah, there's there's anti-paladins are paladins who serve dark gods. Basically, they like they serve oh, evil gods. Oh, anti-paladin's like a thing. Yeah, it's an oh, actual okay, thing. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, and so, like, it's one of the things people call them, and they're like just the same as paladins, but they're lawful evil, and they have rules. Like, the thing about I law- feel like Togo would all would still kind of be. He, I feel like he straddles a line between lawful and chaotic evil. See, I definitely think that he's lawful evil, and here's why. Okay. Lawful and chaotic, can be, you can think about it several different ways. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but one of them is their relationship to existing power structures. Seonji is always bucking at the reins of the, of the existing power structure. Toga is the existing power structure. Like, whereas Seonji is a, can be a rebel sometimes, he's the Starscream kind of, like... I mean, he is. Did you just say Seonji is the star screen? <laughs> He's 100% the same goddamn character. That is character. the best thing you've ever said on this entire podcast. <laughs> and you're so right. Like, that's why I'm so excited about this is because you're yeah. so right. He's just, it's exactly who he is. But Toga is, like, he is the embodiment of rules. You can't do things, Seonji, because I said them. They're, they're, that's the rule. Like... He manipulates people, but he never breaks the facade of order. Yeah, okay. I see you there. He doesn't, he doesn't like, 
hold a gun to anybody's head. He works within the system that it, it very much empowers him to make them do whatever he wants. Like Mikage. So I'm gonna have to go with. I could see. I could see him being a wizard. I, yeah, I'm gonna go with anti paladin based on your. But anti paladin, or if if we're going 3.5, I think there was a class called like warlord or something, um, where which was all about ordering other people and boot, like like buffing other party members, and that would also work because he does a lot of his fighting through other people. Oh yeah, absolutely. He definitely gets other people to do his dirty work. And just for the lulls, he's a necromancer. Oh my god. Okay. What about... Naname. Naname is a fucking bard. Naname yeah, is a bard. I don't bard know why I even asked. Naname try- is absolutely a bard. <clears throat> Naname is a bard who what tried to alignment? multi-class into warrior... I mean, into fighter, and has no idea what any of this does, and she just like keeps multi-classing into new classes without actually reading the source material first. So she has no idea what any of her abilities do. She doesn't even know how she's supposed to calculate her health anymore. It's just like her her her, her character she's a mess, and yet somehow she still manages to whenever she has to fight, almost kick your ass. Somehow she almost always manages to get some sort of like crit or like high roll and everyone hates her for it because <laughs> she's playing magnus it's just, just like yeah um alignment i'm gonna say mm, uh i'm gonna have to say true neutral interesting we usually think of true neutral as just being like boring but here's the thing she's kind of chaotic in that she's totally willing to place herself above the idea of rules but she's also lawful in that she's very very devoted to to the existing dynamics of power that because they help her she's on top she's going to control other people she's not interested in breaking free of the structure she's in she's totally okay with them yeah because she's on top yeah Alright, well, it looks like it's about to rain, so that's probably going to get in the way of our sound quality if it isn't already just garbage in general from recording with one mic and a moving car. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtanaCast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanato. Where can they follow you on Twitter, Alice? At Lyrewolf at L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. I'm not going to say the rest of it because we're getting in the rain. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later.